we bring to you on podcast by Acast. Two small cokes and a large popcorn. Episode four. Back on yeah. back on the airwaves. No one's chucked us off yet. So before we get into the two films we watched this week, Sarah, you can you can tell everyone what we do this time. Oh, okay. So each week, Rob and I randomly pick a movie from each other's favourite movie list. It could also be ones that we've watched once and we want to watch them again. The aim is for our listeners to watch along and we'll review them. And what we'd love for you to do is is provide your thoughts and feedback via our new email, which is two small cokes at alargepopcorn.com and it's the number two not written number two and I want to just say when we review these films we give a rating at the end we do yeah I think it's probably important to say that if we give a rating which is seven out of ten that's like good I think some people think oh you know seven out of ten is a bit mediocre but it's not I mean first of all they're on our favorite film list or their films we want to watch again so we we like them anyway but a seven is good I would say. Um, I think only if we get down to six, might it mean we're maybe rethinking or not sure about the film. Just in case you think, oh, seven, 7.5 isn't very good. I think it's really good. No, it's still good. It's still very good. Can we tell the listeners what we're actually talking into at the moment, Rob? (laughs) We did a bit of a sound sound check yesterday, didn't we? And we decided that we'd put a sock... (laughs) or maybe two socks, on our microphones. And tell the listeners exactly what's on your sock today. This just sounds so wrong. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, like, what kind of turn. I very innocently. <laughs> taking a very wrong turn here, right at the top of the show. I have a popcorn sock. A sock with lots of pictures of popcorns on. It's very just, it, it just very sounds, this is, just sounds so strange. <laughs> I mean, this is just proof that this is this is proper DIY. We're trying, you know, we're trying to get the best sound possible, and we don't want to spend loads of money. And yeah, we've worked out that putting a sock over the mic, or for Sarah, two socks. Two, I've got two. Sarah, two socks. <laughs> Sarah, two socks. Brilliant. That's it. That's stuck now. Two so- or two socks, Sarah. Two socks, Sarah. So we're we're looking at each other on a webcam as well and uh, my sock has got pink spots and stripes all over it and yeah it's basically is a a sock I would normally put my feet (laughs) so there you have it yeah so two socks Sarah (laughs) or Sarah two socks I think that's fantastic so okay so the two films that were selected for us to watch this week were Love Actually and Whiplash so I gave you Love Actually and you gave me yep. Whiplash. You gave me Whiplash. It's just non-stop, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, dear. Let's just move on, I say. <laughs> so, Should we start uh, on Love Actually? <laughs> let's do that, please. Okay. Um, well, do you want to set Yep. I'll set it up. I mean, we don't really need to say that much. I'm, I think most people have seen Love Actually. It, mm-hmm. it is a, I would say, a bittersweet rom-com that follows the lives of eight different very different couples mm-hmm. all dealing with their love lives and various kind of loosely related tales uh, they're all linked together through work friends or family and it's set in the month leading up to christmas and it has just about 
every famous British actor uh, you can imagine. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's become a complete, it's become a Christmas classic now. It has, and it's interesting to, to watch it in May. <laughs> and uh, But to be honest, do you know what? I used to design greeting cards, and I used to have to design the, the Christmas cards in about May, around this time each year. So it's... Um, it's actually quite nice. I quite like doing it. and reminds me of those days. It's a, it's a nice smiley film and, and gives you that good, you know, feel good glow. And um, yeah, it's good. The first time I saw this in the cinema, I wasn't hugely into it. I think um, I've softened over the years. I think since yeah. I've had, definitely since I've had children, I've definitely softened. I, I cry at a lot of stuff now on films. It's ridiculous. Mm. I don't know what's happened. And also, I think we've been bombarded with this film so often that I almost feel like I've kind of caved into it. And, yeah, I'll tell you why I like it. But, yeah, I really want to hear what you thought. Yeah, sure. So uh, this film reunites the team from Four Weddings and A Funeral and The Notting Hill as well. It's written and directed by Richard Curtis, released, as Rob said, just before Christmas in 2003. So Hugh Grant plays one of the lead roles and is joined by other leading actors and actresses. We've got Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Colin Firth, Andrew Lincoln, Kira Knightley, Liam Neeson, just to name a few. There's many, many more that show up. And the film starts at Heathrow Airport Arrivals Gate and you can see people greeting one another and showing love for each other. They also mentioned 9-11, uh, that they weren't sending messages of um, hatred or or what's going on. It was more love messages. And this is where it all kicks off. Love is everywhere. Um, love is all around. And that's the premise of uh, that song kicks in. and it's But it's had, got a bit of a twist uh, which Bill Nye is the rock star that uh, sings this song. And it's, it's, it's also a bit of a nod to Four Weddings and a Funeral, that Love Is All Around song, but with a Christmas twist to it. Rob rightly said it's about eight to ten love stories intertwined with one another. Could be watching a failing marriage with the leading lady of that story, who is a sister or close friend of people from two other stories, for example. Uh, so it's quite interesting to watch it all, all evolve, really, and how they all come together at the end as well. I would say my favourite love story is between Jamie and Oriella, played by Colin Firth and Lucia uh, Monez, and they meet in a French villa. Uh, after Jamie needed to escape his life from London. He's a writer and he wanted to kick off his book again, uh, write his next book. And Ariella is his his housemaid. And she, although they're in France, she's actually Portuguese. And what I love is that they communicate in their own language through most of the film and uh, slowly become very fond of each other. Now, Jamie also drives her home at the end of each day. And one point in, in the movie... He says, it's my favourite time of the day, driving you. And at the same point, she goes, just after she says in in Portuguese, without knowing what he said, it's the saddest part of my day, leaving you, which gave me goosebumps. It's giving me goosebumps now, actually, just saying it. Um, and eventually, you know, he, go, he does go home. He uh, learns how to speak Portuguese at night school and then uh, returns back to Portugal. I'll leave it there to not put any spoilers in basically um now i watched the dvd extras i've got the dvd and richard curtis used to visit his french villa and one year he said that he had a portuguese maid who had to drop home each night 
um, and he explained he wanted to talk to him and get to know her a bit more, but they couldn't. There was always this language barrier. And really, it was, it was interesting to see that some of his own experiences fall into this, this film. And um, he also mentioned that, you know, he, when you work with someone, you grow to, to get to know them very well and, um, you, you know, you're caring and respect them, almost like love in some respects. And Bill Nye's character, who's the rocky rocker, Billy Mack, um, story comes about in, in this way as well. So it's really interesting that some of those, those feelings and um, memories come, come to play into this movie. And when you stick on the movie, you've you got to remember that there is a kid's love story, which is slightly unusual in an adult film. It is 15 rated. So don't, don't be fooled when you see the kid's element of the story that it could be a family film because there is some scenes of they are on a porn film set, for one, and there's also some foursomes going on. So please keep your children away from this film. Um, it's probably not age appropriate for them. I really like Prime Minister. So that was played by Hugh Grant and his, his maid's relationship blossom with Marty McCutcheon. Uh, her name was Natalie in, in the film. And I haven't seen Marty McCutcheon for years. Where is she? She did a brilliant job in this film. Uh, but the funniest bit is, for me, is um, Hugh Grant on his own at number 10, uh, having a little dance to the music jump by the Pointer Sisters, which got turned into the same song by the uh, Girls Aloud as well. I don't know about you, but for me, <laughs> I've done this many times. I've had a little bop, little dance, when I was a bit younger, and then somebody catches you dancing dancing like a complete loon and then all of a sudden somebody you know this is that person standing there watching you you feel very embarrassed and you just stop and go back to your usual business and that's exactly what Hugh Grant does uh, but I don't know about you Rob I've, I've done this I've done this many times you weren't holding a microphone with uh, with two socks, with over socks. Time, no I wasn't at the time but I should have done maybe <laughs> <laughs> but the other one is um with Hugh Grant is the, there's another scene where he's looking for Natalie's house down her street and they're knocking on doors and um there's one which um wasn't Natalie's house but the children ask him to sing um Christmas carols because it's Christmas obviously he, he he obliges he's a very polite prime minister fumbling now and then reminds me a little bit of Boris Johnson I have to say on occasion I can imagine him doing exactly this and they he sings good king Wenceslas Wenceslas is that right yeah I'll go with I that I think Wenceslas. it's I think it's Wentz yeah Wenceslas 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 good king Wenceslas. I remember I remember when I was watching it thinking it always gets me that one I always get the computer that gets one. It yeah and then and then his bodyguard has got an amazing voice it just suddenly launches into 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 tune and it, it's brilliant i love that bit there's so many characters in the films you, for you to like there's andrew lincoln's character is mark who naughtily i would say loves his best friend's wife there's chris marshall's character is colin frissel uh who uh, travels to the u.s to find a girl or girls and Martin Freeman and Joanna Page, who meet over a porn film set, is, is you know, it's, it's very entertaining, but it's very sweet at the same time. But there are also some annoying and upsetting characters like Alan Rickman's character, who's he's been swayed by a lady at, at the office. Bill Nye's character annoys me a little bit, but my husband will say, I actually like him. I think he's quite cool uh, as the, as the rock star. And then Rowan Atkinson's character, he's the shop assistant. It's very overly attentive to, uh, to people. He, he sort of just carries on and sort of drags out trying to, to, to offer um, the customer something is, is quite entertaining, but he's a little bit annoying at the same time. What are your thoughts, Rob? 
Um, I the the main reason I I mean, first of all, just on what you've said, I, you just just you just brought up um, a few funny moments that I'd actually completely forgotten about. So I think the first thing is there are just there's a ton of of funny moments and really funny lines, and because there are so many characters. I mean, it's interesting you said you didn't like Bill Nye's character, but your husband did. There's almost like there's a character for everyone in this. The fact that the ensemble cast, you know, does work yeah. so well, it also kind of gives it such <laughs> universal appeal. There's, there's someone you're going you're gonna to laugh at at least. Yeah. But the main reason I liked it actually was not, uh, not really for the comedy. I thought what made this film okay. was mm-hmm. the tragedy element. You know, one moment you're laughing out loud at something and then yeah. the next you're, you're cutting to a guy Liam Neeson playing the uh the single dad a widow you know lost his wife trying to be yeah. a, a mother and a father and you know as I say one minute we're seeing a very funny scene then it's a funeral scene or he's crying yeah. on the shoulder of his friend uh, also Karen played by Emma Thompson who is married as you say to is it Harry yeah Harry who you know, we're led to believe he's being swayed by yeah, the girl in the mm. office. Yeah. The way the way all that plays out is really quite it's quite upsetting. I found that there were there's one yeah. scene with Emma Thompson where they're all opening the presents at Christmas, and something happens to to lead her to suspect that her husband might be having an affair, and she kind of excuses herself to go into the mm. bedroom and just you know just has has a moment, shall we say, yeah. and the. <clears throat> the music that plays over the top is Jodie Mitchell, yeah. which is the artist that the character really loves. And it's the, uh-huh. the gift she's just been given, but was hoping for something slightly more. That plays over the top. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was so, so powerful yeah. and not the kind of scene you'd expect in, let's just say, a standard rom-com. Uh, yeah. There's another storyline between a girl called Sarah who works in the same office graphic design company. Yeah, yeah. As Harry, Very tragic as well. Yeah, really tragic. She, mm. She's like desperate for love, and she's had a crush on, I think, this Brazilian guy, the creative director, yeah. this hunk, Brazilian hunk in the office. And actual fact, Harry helped recognizes this and kind of helps her to gives her the courage to kind of talk to him and i think it's at the christmas party i'm not sure when but basically yeah it's christmas party yeah they 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 go back to her her place and Mm. it's all going on and then suddenly she gets a call and it's her brother Mm. who, who we don't know really the details but clearly he's mentally ill or he has some form of special mm. need uh yeah he's, he's got some special needs or he's, he's mentally <clears throat> unstable because he tries to hit her at one point that's um, right so yeah every every time she looks like she's gonna get this chance to live her life yeah and, and yeah find that love she's always wanted the phone will go and she is she always puts her brother first doesn't matter what's happening mm. and, and it's quite tragic to see because every time she's got that option she puts herself for you know first so that whole you know that whole story of self-sacrifice i thought was really nice mm. and yeah i just thought there were some really nice little lines this the evening that sarah takes carl back to her flat and she's interrupted with the phone call and she, you know it's, it's really embarrassing and uh, for her 
Um, but he just says, you know, don't worry about it. Life is full of interruptions and complications, which I thought was a really nice kind of line. It kind, mm. of, it kind of sums up her whole scenario. And in a way, I thought kind of sums up love. Actually, everyone's going through a slightly different different stage in their various uh, love stories. So, yeah, that, you know, that was the main reason I liked it. The, the, the last the ups and really, downs. The ups yeah. and downs, exactly. Because it just made it, I don't know, it just made it a bit different from a standard rom-com. Yeah. And yeah. I think, and I think it kept it a bit grounded um you know because who can't enjoy you know Hugh Grant as a prime minister dancing uh, <laughs> or in a press conference putting down the US president all these things yes. that you could say are huge he was, top. He, he was very Trump-like as well I have to be honest yeah uh, yeah very sort of Boris Johnson and Trump sort of relationship I, I had envisaged anyway yeah. I don't know, as I say, it's, I just, yeah, I really liked it. But that was the, that was the main, that was the main reason I liked it. I mean, there were loads of, there was loads of, the, the guy went over to the States because he's convinced that all British girls will never, never cave into his charm, should we say. And his so, accent, yeah. And his accent. Yeah. So he's convinced <laughs> if, he goes, if he goes to America, they'll all like fall over him. And, yeah. and obviously that, that does come true. And it's just very, very, very funny. Yeah, the body doubles on the porn set were fantastic. I mean, the lines they come out with whilst you're watching, <laughs> whilst you're watching some really <laughs> awkward scenes of this yeah. brilliant. It's, it's not a family film. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> no, precisely. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, Richard Curtis. He's the king of of writing comedies and directing comedies um, for romantic on the romantic side, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I would give this film, um, I would give it a, a, a seven point five, I think, out of ten. It's not my favourite film. I do like uh, romantic comedies, and it was it's well up there. Uh, but if I'm comparing it to other films like Aliens and um, other ones that we've watched in the past, I think I'll probably score a notch lower but it's always a good feel-good film and although it's a Christmas film it's great to watch it now because what we're going through COVID-19 it's nice to put a smile on your face. Yeah I would give it 7.5 so So 7.5 from both of us great. Do 7.5s so we are moving now moving along from Love Actually to to Whiplash which is a film that was on your list yeah, so I really like this film because it's not only about jazz and making music. It very much leans on um, the determination to make it big and be a competitive individual and getting yourself to the top spot, really. And I associate myself a little bit in that space, um, not on the same level as, as the character in this film, but I'm quite competitive. And when I was younger and less mature, I used to make myself repeat things over and over again and I would practice all day long at tennis and to get the right results. And this is what you kind of see in this film as well. I would get frustrated in, in practice and on the court and um, you see some of these characteristics in sports personalities, salespeople and also musicians as well, which is what you, this film is all about. So Miles Teller plays Andrew Neiman in this film. Andrew is a drummer. He idolises Buddy Rich, who is one of the most influential jazz drummers of all time. And known for his uh, power and speed as well, this this jazz drummer. Andrew wants to be like him ever since he was a kid. He attends a prestigious music school to get him there. And during this time at the school, he meets a teacher called Fletcher. 
acted by J.K. Simmons. I'm going to let you talk about his character, Rob. The film's directed by Damien Chazelle, who is also a drummer, and some of his own experiences brought into this film as well. And the film is aptly called Whiplash because it's not only the song comes up in the film, but also you can associate this film with a bit of torture, and also there's a you know a car injury as well. Yeah, so this was a really quite. A sh- I found this quite a shocking film. The first time I saw it, I think I mentioned this last week when it first came out of the cinema. I came out of the cinema thinking, "Wow, what just happened there?" It's it's such a intense film. Um, it's not particularly long. I think it's a, it's less than two hours, which these days is a relatively short film. And from start to finish, it just has this incredible tension, which at any moment you feel can just spill over. And it does so often. For me, it, this film really was about a band leader um, played by J.K. Simmons, um, a guy called Terence Fletcher, who really was just a bully. And the way he believed to get the very, very best out of his students was to basically push them to a point where you would get more from them than what's expected. But he had a passionate belief that by using, let's just say, extreme methods to do that, that was the only way. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't care too much for how he hurt people mentally along the way you know, the kind of collateral damage along the way. Um, He was just completely single-minded. Neiman keeps thinking he's basically won over Fletcher. He sees him as a a mentor Mm. figure almost Mm -hmm. because Andrew himself is determined to be a great drummer. That is his sole um, driving force in his life. Actually, I saw parallels between the two characters just as much as you feel sorry for Andrew, who, who as I say, is you know, during this film, you know, I mean, he's, he's hit at various times by J.K. Simmons, you know, slapped around the face. I mean, it's not a spoiler to say, you know, picks up and throws stuff um, at him whilst he's playing the drums. But he toils with him. I think this is the thing. He, he messes with his head because before he gets the chance to play in his band, J.K. Simmons walks in on him and spots his talent straight away yeah. and allows him to come and join his band, which is a massive, massive deal for Andrew. And just before his first practice session, he gives him a nice little warm, friendly pep talk in the corridor. And then five minutes later, as they're playing the first track, he's tearing into him. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Constant games being played. Absolutely, absolutely. And this happens time and time again, just when you think he's pushed it too far. It's almost like he he just, it's almost like, you know, just throws another bone just to try and like keep him, keep him interested. Um, But yeah, for for me, it's like the big question here was, is the end worth the means? Like is all of Mm. this, you know, these extreme methods that Simmons uses to get the very best out of him. And he does. I mean, that's an important point. He does get the best out of him. You know, is it worth it? And I thought that was a really kind of interesting question because, you know, halfway through the film, you're thinking this is outrageous. Like you really feel sorry for Andrew. And at times you can see this is a guy literally falling apart at the seams. Yeah. You know, and he looks like he's ready to, to, you know, to kill him. And then something happens and his reaction is not to do that, 
But his reaction is to practice even harder because he wants to basically, he wants to win him over. He wants to prove that he's a bigger person than this bully and he's going to be the greatest player and it doesn't matter what you throw at me. But then all that happens, it just keeps getting ratcheted up and up and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, they almost become as bad as each other in the end. <laughs> but, they do, they do. but they, you know, he does achieve great things. And he gets there with blood, sweat and tears, doesn't he, really? Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally blood, blood sweat and tears. Um, so I kind of came out of it thinking, I'm, I'm not actually sure. I'm not, at, I mean, he is definitely a bully. He's definitely mentally abusing him. I think that's clear cut. But this moral ambiguity based on this guy's passion, passion, that this is the only way you can get the very, very best out of people. Mm. He does do that. His methods do work. The end result, he gets the end result. But, yeah, as I say, that kind of collateral damage along the way, I'm, you know, I don't, you can't agree with. So that's why I think it's tricky to know just what, whether he's a, you know, whether he's dubious hero or, or a villain. And, and I say even Andrew along the way, there's, there's times when you don't like Andrew either. I mean, he gets the opportunity to almost have a glimpse of a, normal life when he for a brief time he's got a girlfriend and and then things happen and he basically suddenly has to become very single-minded about his life and so his relationship falls by the wayside Uh, he's lost his mother when he was younger yeah he's close to his father but he doesn't believe his father i think really thinks he's going to make it as a drummer Mm -hmm. and i think there's that edge to this as well um, and there was a scene when he sat down with his father and, and uh, his, his uncle and cousins, I think. Um, and they're all lauding over their children about how fantastic they're doing. At yeah. school. Like, you know, they're, they're jocks. They're like playing, they're playing football, doing really well. And he ends up feeling he has to really stick up for himself. And that spills over. And, and some words are said there that I found a bit uncomfortable. So, yeah, you really, you root from Andrew right from the word go. But slowly but surely things happen and I was left not being 100% sure about who was in the right and who was in the wrong. And I think that's what the film's designed to do. And yep. that's, that's why I liked it. Yeah, loved it. And um, it was interesting because Miles, this is one of Miles Teller's big breaks, really. He was only paid $8,000 for this film. And now look at him, his net worth is about $12 million dollars. Um, so this has really made him this this film, and he he also is a, he's a musician himself, but he had to really learn how to play the drums really well. Um, but you know this is this is um, a low budget film that won Oscars, and it's uh, probably the lowest budget Oscar winning film to date. Um, it was three million dollars to make, and it grossed forty eight million. Uh, worldwide when you compare that to love actually which was 40 million dollars to make and just under 245 million dollars worldwide they are quite a contrast there really but there was not as many awards i would say for love actually as there were for for this film for whiplash i really liked it uh, there is a connection also with aliens here what's the do you know what the connection is rob yes, yes, from I aliens do. to whiplash I do, and i'm just trying to remember his name yes yeah, paul reiser uh, who played Burke in Aliens and then Andrew's dad in Whiplash. So it was nice to 
have him pop up and there's he's, he's featured quite a lot of 80s um, TV series and films and it was great to see him in Whiplash as well. What I found interesting was also it talks about a young Charlie Parker having a symbol thrown at him by Joe Jones, the drummer for Playing Badly. And I think Fletcher saw that as a, an acceptable thing to do and he actually does it to uh, Andrew in in the film. And it's just... It, it's just lots of little games that they play that makes it really engaging. And he works his socks off. He worked his socks off and was torturing himself, really, tormenting himself. Uh, this is Andrew, the, um, the drummer. But I, I loved it. What, what would you say was your rating for this film? Oh, I would put this as probably one of my favourites so far. I would give this 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. A, a couple of other points for me on this is that the drumming scenes in this are, mm. inc- I mean, you, you we cannot underestimate how amazing the drumming is in it. And yeah, Miles Teller did, did do all of his own, his own drumming. Mm. Um, and, and literally so much so that the blood that you see, you know, some of that is his blood. There are some incredible kind of stories about the length mm. that he went to. So the mm. drumming is really, really spectacular. And the way in which the film ratchets up to these huge crescendo moments that even though you might be expecting them, they really hit you so hard. Just so many memorable, memorable scenes. The film was made in a ridiculous uh, time frame, as well as it, you know, being low. Is it 14 days or something? It was shot in 19 days. Oh, 19 days. 19 days. But it was shot, edited and submitted to Sundance Film Festival in just 10 weeks. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Teller talks talks about there being one day 140 setups in one single day. And he said that compared to like maybe a typical 10 or 12 on like a film we just come from like Mm. diversion. So, yeah, it's really up there for me. Nine out of 10. Nine out of 10. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that as well. We always match the same. Actually, last week we had a, we had a difference, didn't we, in ratings? But I would say nine out of 10 as well. I did actually listen to some, some Buddy Rich uh, music and it, it sounded exactly the same. I mean, I'm not a musician, but it sounded exactly the same. And, and the acting, writing, the sound was fantastic all the way through it. So, nine out of 10 for me as well. And if anyone's interested in, jazz or interested in Damien Chazelle who obviously did La La Land has a TV series that's currently uh, on Netflix called The Eddie which is it's about you know it's about kind of the owner of a Paris jazz club I don't know much about it anyway you might want to check that out if you liked Whiplash and you like that kind of subject area superb well check that one out right it's that time time again it's that time exciting exciting oh i need to get my bits of paper out i know so do i hold your horses (laughs) hold caller so professional so professional right Uh, so yeah so who chose last time i can't i I don't know i don't i don't remember this stuff you pick one of mine then go on (laughs) okay right the winner is sci-fi sci-fi right let's have a look at my list i've got nine nine Mm. i'm gonna go for as it's may the fourth the fourth be with you the fourth okay i'm gonna go with number four which is you're kidding me with this tension honestly (laughs) cube 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 streaming on Amazon Prime right now. 
and uh, you can rent and buy it from most online channels. This is what IMDb's got. Six complete strangers with widely varying personalities are involuntarily placed in an endless maze containing deadly traps. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's good. Really good. I'm really looking forward to this one. I hope it. I hope it is still good because I watched it a long time ago, and I I loved it. And then I watched the net. There was they've got a series of cubes, um, but looking forward to that. Right, let's do cool. it then. All right, rummaging. I have drama. Drama. I've got a lot on the drama. List. I've, I've got a lot of drama actually. Yeah. I mean, so many things are dramas. Life is a drama, Sarah. <laughs> right. It is. Uh, I have 75 <laughs> on my list. My goodness. Wow. Okay. It's crazy. A lot, lot, crazy. lot more than me. Okay. Um, <laughs> 32, almost in the middle of your 75. Number 32 is Schindler's List. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy one. It is a heavy one. It is. It's quite a long one as well, if I recall. But I haven't seen it for a while, so yeah, that'd be a good one. It is. It's up. And actually, do you know what? That gone. is quite timely, considering V Day. Yes. It's Friday. Very timely. Absolutely, absolutely. So I will immerse myself into the to, to that, and uh, it'll probably be quite shocking as well. It is, but it is an absolute classic from Steven Spielberg. Schindler's List is available mm. on all the main streaming platforms for rent, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube. You can get it on Sky. You can get it on Apple. And hopefully, um, some of you obviously may already have it on DVD. Mm. And Liam Neeson in quite a different role than he was in Love Actually. Yeah, of course he is in it, isn't he? Yeah. No, good. Great. So two cracking films then this week. I'm looking forward to that. There's also, um, should we share with the, the listeners some extras that they can watch th- through the month yeah go for it i ha- i have a look um to see what movies are being added to the netflix catalog there were no like for me absolute classics that would be on my list but still there are some well-known films that are, are on the uh on netflix this month a nightmare on elm street is available Ooh. to watch which is obviously a horror classic the man from uncle which i really liked actually it's not like a fantastic film but it, i thought it was a really slick film guy ritchie not obviously <laughs> at his very best, but but certainly better than a lot of the stuff he's done recently. And I suppose just following on from the Love Actually rom-com theme, You've Got Mail has been added to Netflix. Oh, I love You've Got Mail. Yeah. yeah so so those I just I just picked out those three for the month of May yeah. that I saw on Netflix. So I picked out a couple that I've actually watched as well um, recently um, that are still out. So we've got The Platform, which is quite similar to The Cube, or Cube, um, which we picked out as um, a film to review for this week. Um, It's about a vertical prison where there's really this food that is delivered once a day for two minutes per day and it drops down this vertical uh, prison. It's all about survival. So, so that's one good one to watch. Extraction I watched as well. That's on Netflix as well uh, with the lovely Chris Hemsworth. I have to say for the ladies or some men may like Chris Hemsworth as well. It's action packed and Mr. Hemsworth's character sent on a mission to rescue a kidnapped son of an imprisoned crime lord. Um, so 
lots of uh, twists and turns in that as well. Um, I rented out for my kids Trolls World Tour uh, from Sky Store. I think it's on iTunes and Amazon Prime as well. It's not cheap, but it's it's good fun. It's got Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake, where the queen of hard rock troll tries to take over all the troll kingdoms. You didn't realise that there were more than one troll kingdom. There are plenty of them we discover in this, and it's all colourful and you just want to get up and dance like Hugh Grant basically throughout the film um, and then I uh, rented also Spies in Disguise from Amazon Prime it's also on iTunes YouTube and Microsoft as well Will Smith who's a spy and gets turned into a pigeon I will leave it as that and I also watched Charlie's Angels the most recent one in 2019 from Amazon Prime and that's to rent also not majorly expensive Spies in Disguise and Charlie's Angels. But it's got Kristen Stewart, Patrick Stewart, Naomi Scott, who was um, recently in the the new version of Aladdin. And a newcomer, I would say, to Hollywood is Ella Balanska. They're part of the Angels and is also stars and directed by Elizabeth Banks, which I, I thought was great. Good fun and lady power action, basically. Rob, one for you to watch. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, it's right there. So that I think that's a wrap, isn't it? Are we, you know, we're I think all... it's a wrap. I think it's, it's a, wrap. a wrap. As Sarah said at the beginning, our email is two small cokes at a large That's it. That's the one. I knew that. <laughs> of course, I did. Sarah, you were Sarah, you were amazing today. Can I just say that? Oh, was I? Well, thank yeah, you very I'm much. Totally bold so are you? No, nowhere. Not a patch. You were oh, on, come on. You were on fire, I tell you. <laughs> I, you know what I think it is? I think it's the two socks. It's the two socks Definitely and my socks. chosen drink, I think, as well, in a <laughs> <in the> shiny <laughs> can. <laughs> and we'll leave it there. Yes. Right. Well, thanks very much again, everybody. Hopefully you. um, you're, you're listening. We're on to episode four now, but please go back to the very beginning. Six films now. I think it's six films we've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah catch up if you can if you watch any films during the same week as we do or even if you don't use the email address send in any thoughts comments you got about the films and if you're watching them in time with us then we'll try and take any emails that do come in and and discuss any thoughts you got cool and i'm gonna go off and dance like hugh grant now <laughs> I seriously look forward down to it. the stairs and we'll put uh, and we'll put that just so you know everybody we'll put that in the podcast extras and Sarah. a picture of my socks. <laughs> and a bit, let's not go there. On, on let's face. not go there. Like the top of this podcast took a very strange turn. Let's wrap it up now before, <laughs> before we go down another very dark alley. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Sarah. It really is a wrap. Thank you very much, Rob. See you next week. Bye. Bye.